0: to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're joined by JB and I've got a debutant on the JB podcast and that is Nicey. How are you JB? Not bad mate, not bad. So welcome to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. The season has begun so it's good to get you in here out of the preseason trackies and onto the real thing. Uh, How'd your team track in the first week of Supercoach? Pretty good JB.
1: I'm pretty pretty happy. Obviously, uh, I think there's there's things that everyone would do differently if they had the time again, but I've uh, I've scored two, three, nine, four in in the first week, so I can't complain. Um, obviously, we're going to make some uh, some changes to the bench and bring some bring some players in. We'll talk about some potential rage trades uh, soon, but um, yeah, pretty happy to, to start with. What about yourself, mate?
0: Yeah, I did okay. I was actually raging at my team on Sunday, so it definitely feels like Supercoach season has started. When you have a sour Sunday ruining your your whole weekend. But I did some silly things uh, nicely. I put Finlayson on the bench for Norton, which I hadn't had set that way all week until I heard every man and their dog was fielding Norton. Didn't want to get stuck behind, but, you know, when you succumb to peer pressure, you kind of deserve the lower score. <laughs> and then the uh, players like Tim Kelly on my bench after I loopholed Holman and was more confident in in Banfield doing well, so he was on my field. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, some other silly mistakes, you know, uh, might have switched out a player that I was harping on all preseason, for one who did well as well, per my expectations. But Sicily may have exited my team very very late in the piece and made way for someone like Toby McLean, and I might have lost thirty odd points off it. So I'm I'm a little bit sore, and I, I know if Pistol was here, he'd be getting into me quite a lot. But um, <laughs> we won't harp on it nicely. We'll we'll move on, and we'll move straight into the round recap. So. Uh, it was Richmond versus Carlton kicking us off here, and Richmond starting the season in good form. Nicey, I believe you're like me, and you had the vice-captaincy on Dusty. How un- You just can't not have Dusty in your team. How good was this start from him?
1: Yeah, fantastic start from Dusty. 139 points, and I tell you what, with the... Um... With the vice captaincy option, a lot of people were were a bit um, a bit annoyed at themselves for changing uh, the vice captaincy off Tommy Mitchell and, and loopholing Dusty. But I tell you what, at the at the end of the day, it's only, you're only missing out on twenty eight points. I think uh, the difference is so you can't complain. I normally take on a if on a Friday night. I think if someone gets if your vice captain gets sort of one hundred and twenty plus, I think you have to take it. Um, so so don't be too disappointed there if if you jumped on Dusty. Um, and, you, you know, you'd probably do it again this week. There was no guarantee for Mitchell. Obviously, none of us knew that he was going to get 167, and I was just talking to you off-air before, mate, uh, just realised I could have gone Buddy Franklin in my forward line as well, got 175, so hindsight's a, <laughs> a wonderful thing.
0: I would have worshipped you if you went Buddy Franklin as your no. captaincy there. That <laughs> no, would have been a, a call from the stars, but, no. yeah, you're, you're right. Dusty Martin's just a safe option. Uh, everyone locked him in as their... Or a lot of people locked him in as their vice-captaincy because you're almost guaranteeing that 120-plus, and we know he's got the ceiling to go much, much higher. So 139, very hard to ignore. Uh, Unfortunately, Tom Mitchell's ceiling against Collingwood's higher than any other team, so um, I don't know if a lot of people factored that in, but, I mean, 139, can't complain, lock that in every day of the week. So uh, the other players to impress in this one is someone that was a bit of a point of difference, Nicely, Jack Graham was floating around in a few teams in the preseason, but not too many, and he ended up with the ton. So uh, someone that, at his price, his discounted price, 268 8 will make a lot of money if he continues to hover around even that 80-plus mark, let alone the triple figures.
1: That's it. I uh, I liked his game. Uh, very, very... Um... Unique option uh, had the seven kicks and six handballs, but it was the thirteen tackles that really helped his scoring there. Most by a long way, I think. Conker had the second most, uh, along with Butler. They had seven, but um, fantastic. If, if you can get a player that can put the pressure on like that, um, there it's just you know an asset to your team and, and bonus points basically.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, not a lot of people started him, but if he did. This is the perfect start. So he'll get that decent break even going into the second week and as we know that first score only stays in there for one week so it's a little unfortunate he put out this ton uh, if it's going to be one of his highest for the season. But to just get that out of the way, get those nerves out especially with a risky pick such as him, it's just a great start. A player that was popping up on a lot of radars and uh, gained a lot of uh, energy leading into the uh, first bounce was Toby Nankiewicz. I think a lot of people realized last season that he was such a cheap option and scored so well, but sort of considered him as that bargain player, yeah, if, if the price is right. But then we sort of thought about it and went, well, this guy was averaging triple figures for much of the season, so why isn't he a good option to start, especially if he avoids that breakdown he sort of had towards the end of the season, in which he sort of uh, dropped out as the not being used to that first Ruckman. But 95 points, nicely, and he's in your squad. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, he was actually... So he was my last trade before the opening bounce of round one. I got rid of Cruiser with just... And I've been on Cruiser. Almost like you and Sicily, but I've been on Cruiser. Um, he just seemed to be not talked about too much in the preseason. A lot of people didn't consider him because of his high price, but um, I was on him from the start. But when there was a little bit of an injury doubt um, around his ankle, um, I thought better to play safe than sorry. And I've, I've gone Nancurvis, um sort of in the hopes that Cruiser went down early in the game. Um, but, um, yeah, jumped on Nancurvis at, at 488, I think he's an absolute bargain and he's someone that we can look to upgrade later in the season if he's not quite, uh, not quite performing to our levels, but it was his JLT game that he played with Soldo and still scored exceptionally well. I think he was, you know, well above, above the hundred mark. And, and I just thought, um, as soon as Soldo wasn't in this side, um, I just locked him in, um, as soon as I decided to get rid of Cruz.
0: Yeah, and he finds his own ball uh with the 14 disposals. He actually gave away five free kicks and only received two of his own, so he's not gonna ruck against one of the best ruckmen in the competition every week. If he can lower that free kick count uh to more three uh well, four in his favour and just a couple going the other way, then I mean he's looking at a decent ton and that's exactly what you need from your ruckman. I hope he doesn't cost you a trade later on, um, because obviously he's looking like a premium option. Uh, those that have Ryder, who we'll talk about later, he could be one of your top three options uh, to get in for that Ryder injury. Absolutely. And then we can look at a couple of others like Josh Caddy, 84, and Kane Lambert, 71. A lot of preseason hype for these two lads. Didn't start off as they should have. But 71 and 84, not the end of the world. Hopefully they can back it up next week with a bigger score. And nicely, Brandon Ellis, only 51 points from him. Didn't have a good JLT season whatsoever. That didn't deter some people. What are your thoughts with those of uh, the the owners of Brandon Ellis?
1: Well, I tell you what. I think as you were talking about with uh, with Caddy and uh, who was the other one we were talking about? Lambert. Lambert. Um, you wouldn't be, as you said, you wouldn't be disappointed um, with those scores. Well, you know, again, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but um, you'd you'd definitely hold on to them. Brandon Ellis, as you said, not a good preseason. And uh, and only the fifty-one points, he might be one that you sort of look to offload to to you know maybe like a um, some other sort of well you could go anyone basically um, if you've got the cash.
0: Yeah, he's priced fairly highly. So someone that you may have missed out on, like Cade Simpson, who scored really well in the alternate uh, alternate team in this game. But I mean, I'm I, I think a lot of people that have. Brandon Ellis, and he's only in 2% of teams, his percentage dropped way more than I expected it to dry, I thought it was much higher, but those who do have him, I expect, will be hoping for a bounce back game, otherwise, yeah, maybe looking at a correctional trade very early in the season, speaking of Cade Simpson, 150 super coach points in this game, 35 disposals was taking the kick out, um, there's not really a lot more you could say about Cade, he looks like his old safe self, and... Should even improve on last year's average if he keeps playing the way he is.
1: Yeah, for sure. And with Doherty out, obviously he's a he's a good option down back. You, you probably wouldn't want both of them in your sides. But um, Cade Simpson, as you said, very very safe. He's he's missed only about I don't have the stats with me, but he's he's missed not many games in the last however many years he's been playing, thirteen <laughs> years or whatever. He's uh he's a yeah very very consistent player. He's is the new Brett Delidio? Um, let's just hope he doesn't go down that road. But um. Yeah, he's a safe option and probably one that uh, I'd, I'm sort of regretting not going over over uh, Michael Hibbert down back.
0: Yeah, and he was uh, Cade was someone that I had in my team, uh, well for the for the starting team that I had, and he just sort of filtered out. I mean, a lot of people didn't end up going with a three, myself included. And I mean, just some something's got to make way, but it does hurt when they do and uh, go and score that. So. Um, the stat that you're alluding to is since 2006, Cade Simpson has missed five games. So that's, that's, in, it. About, that's in about 12 seasons of football. So um, I think, wait, seven games, seven games. Um, But yeah, incredible stuff by Cade. And he looks like he's not Mr. B either. Now, someone that was on a lot of people's radars, not only on their radar, but in their team, 20% plus ownership for Patrick Cripps. And the 130, he had 36 disposals, seven tackles, uh, even from manager behind. But contested possessions were 25 with nine clearances. Only 130, though, Nicey. Is this something that we're, we're scratching our heads at? 66% disposal efficiency. Something that we're not liking from Crips? Or something that we're loving considering you can improve that disposal efficiency?
1: I've talked about this in one of the earlier podcasts, and I think my problem with Patrick Cripps... Well, not my problem, but the issue with Cripps is his ceiling could be a lot higher, but he tends to handball the ball a little bit more, like the Tom Mitchells. But when they're getting, you know, 30-plus disposals, I don't think it matters. Yes, there's points there that they could be scoring. But I, I think, yeah, when he's racking up that many disposals, same as Tom Mitchell, same as arguably Matt Crouch, who tend to handball the ball a little bit more than we'd like when they're still... We can't complain with 130, can we, really?
0: No. Well, I mean, some people can, but we <laughs> probably shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, the other the other Carlton Young talent, Kerno and Marchbank, both massive points of difference. I, I have a person that I know who did start Marchbank because of his good JLT season. Yeah. And then another... Well, that same person who's been harping on about Charlie Curnow all preseason and traded him out for Lambert before the, the game. Oh, so no. Almost almost like my Sicily to McLean trade. <laughs> they were very, very upset all weekend, so not ideal. But then we look at Matt Cruiser from this one. Seventy-four super coach points, obviously set out most of the second half. Um, if he misses a game or two, it could be a bit of a head scratcher for owners, but it's not looking likely. It looks like he was very precautionary for Big Cruise. Yeah, sounds like he
1: will play this week. The latest I've heard from uh, from the Carlton Footy Club. Um, so hang on to Cruiser. The problem, the, well, not sorry, not the problem. The benefit of having Cruiser in your side is that if he does not make it this week and you decide to offload him, you can literally get anyone because he's the most expensive ruckman. Um, so there's, it's not an issue there. Yes, you're burning a trade early in the year, but uh, it's not the end of the world, and you'll have cash left over to to spend on you know whoever else
0: yeah exactly that's the perks have been the highest priced ruckman and then we have a look down the list at Paddy dow so a popular rookie decision and he went 35 super coach he didn't show a lot of promise in the jlt he looks like a great player don't get me wrong but for super coach scoring wise maybe not the type of player that we want to be hopping on this early but again we'll give him another week and see how he progresses We'll move on to the next game, and that was and versus Adelaide. I personally was uh, very happy with this outcome, nicely being a Port Adelaide <laughs> fan. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, no I didn't tell anyone about it. It's okay, I kept it to no. myself um, <laughs> until now, of course. But then <laughs> we have a look at the Essendon Bombers team, and someone that, uh, a few people started actually was Andrew McGrath, 102 Super Coach points. It's just something out of nothing from McGrath, and he looks like he's going to have a big second year. I didn't see him near that back flank, so a forward slash midfield role looks like he' is in order for him. And is he someone that should be popping up on our radars if he backs this up again?
1: He'll be on our radars, JB. But but one thing I am very conscious of with second year players is those second year blues. He started the year off well, but don't go jumping on him just yet. Have a look, see how he goes at least in game two. Um, and and we'll go from there. We'll assess from there. But um, yeah, looking like a good role for for Andy. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll assess as the season goes on. I think.
0: Yeah, and three eighty eight k. He's owned by twelve percent of teams. So quite the incredible ownership considering, obviously, the second year blues is is quite big amongst people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we'll we'll go down the list a bit here, nicely. And Michael Hurley, a hundred super coach on the dot. He went way under the radar in the preseason, but we know what he can do, and I don't know if there's a player of his size that can rack up the ball as much as he does. 28 disposals.
1: No, there's not. Uh, and seven marks as well, which, again, the the marking is... Uh... You know, obviously helps boost the points and twelve contested disposals as well. Three free kicks and didn't give any away. So he's a good option down back. He's a safe option down back. I was didn't jump on the Hurley bandwagon this year. Um, I was on on board last year, but um, just with that uh, little hand up that he had, I thought he might be hundred uh, percent from word go. Um, but he he looks good and ex- most expensive defender in the competition. I think if you've uh, if you've started him, you'd be happy with the return
0: yeah and i'm I'm just praying that he drops in price as soon as possible because he's one of my main upgrade targets uh obviously we know what he can do and i think he's just getting warmed up this season so someone else that was very popular after his jlt one showing uh after he spent almost the entire game in the midfield and that's devon smith in our forward lines a cheap option 92 super coach points off just the 23 disposals so didn't Accumulated a lot, didn't even kick a goal. So I think there's a lot of room to improve for Devin Smith, which is scary for those who didn't start him.
1: Yeah, scary for those who didn't start him, but I think there's a lot of options up forward, so, you know, around that price. So I, I think, again, not one that we'd be looking to jump on board just yet, have a look, see how he goes game two and and assess from there, but um, I think there's a lot of mid-price options. Don't be concerned if you didn't start him because, um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of players that we'll probably touch on later in the podcast, um, around that sort of price range. Um and you know, Essendon are looking like having a good year, so he's not he's not a bad option, uh, if he's playing that sort of, you know, midfield forward.
0: Yeah, Essendon will do well this season by the looks of it. Um obviously Crows aren't an easy beat. And they're even more difficult when you don't have someone such as Zach Merritt running around out there for you. So just the seventeen super coach obviously off the sixteen percent time on ground and it's very unfortunate for Zaki. He's copped a few of these in the in the last eight weeks. I think he's had three. Um, someone that might actually miss a week or so. So, what are your thoughts on Zaki? If he's if he's guaranteed just out for the one week, do you hold on to Zach?
1: Well, the club have come out today and said those prior head knocks um, weren't a big issue. He copped a little. Um, he copped a knock in one of the JLT matches, JLT1, I think, um, and they, they put that down as more of a migraine as opposed to a concussion. And the prior one, they said, was just a minor sort of incident at training. So he should be right to go this week. You'd be very disappointed if you had him in your side this week. But uh, if he lines up this week, hang on to him and, um, and see how he goes. He should be, should be back. Uh, we know how good, a, how good a player he is. And um, if he plays this week, um, all is well.
0: Yeah, and I'm sitting here hoping that he actually maybe misses one and then has a you know slow start back and then bang, straight into our teams for around that 550K mark.
1: Well, I don't know if we do want that, do we, JB? Because if, uh, if Zach Merritt misses this week, are a lot of people going to be bringing in Dangerfield
0: that have Merritt? Well, potentially, but if Merritt was only missing the one week, I'd hope a lot of people would be holding on to him. Um, I mean... It's probably not worth a trade considering he may be someone that you're going to be looking to get in later on in the season anyway. But if he does offer that free Dangerfield uh, hit, then yeah, maybe I don't want him missing a week because the more point of difference Dangerfield is, the better for everyone that has him. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, We'll move on to the Adelaide Crows and Rory Laird just did Rory Laird things. There's probably no point even discussing him. Bryce Gibbs, on the other hand, 116 super coach points. And some of that actually is a bit of a point of difference. A lot of people are looking to his teammates. Uh, obviously, Crouchy and even, well, we all know Rory Led is majorly owned. But Crouchy, the major one taking interest off him in the midfield. And it, you just forget about Bryce Gibbs. He's owned by half the amount of people that own Matt Crouch. And he looks like he's going to be incredible this season. Two goals for them. 35 disposals and was just absolutely everywhere he looked like one of their best players absolutely and it'd be interesting to see the impact
1: that Bryce Gibbs's inclusion does have on a player such as Matt Crouch Matt Crouch was down a little bit this um this game 105 not a bad score but probably uh when we're paying 600 plus of him we'd probably be wanting sort of 110 120s at least um But um, yeah, interesting, both playing obviously inside midfield roles, but Bryce Gibbs was outstanding, winning his own ball, had 13 uh, contested possessions uh, and 7 clearances, along with Crouch, had uh, 7 clearances as well, Um, so both clearance kings. Um, But Bryce Gibbs, uh, interesting, we talk about that kick-to-handball ratio, had 21 kicks and 14 handballs, Crouch, 18 kicks and the 23 handballs. So there's a little bit bit of um, the reason in the differential of scoring.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy to see Bryce actually get 68% disposal efficiency as compared to Crouch's 80%. But Gibbs' ability to hit the scoreboard, which he's been able to do for pretty much his whole career, as opposed to Matty's, uh, which he hasn't exactly developed Yeah, he does he does hit it a little bit, but not, not really as much as he can. Um, I think that would be a big point of difference in their scoring as well. So good to see Bryce start well at his club, that's for sure. Now, we'll move on to Sam Jacobs, someone who uh, people who own Ryder are probably looking at because he's just Mr. Consistent. He's been doing this 90-plus average as a Ruckman for many years now, and it's what he it's what he's averaging this year as well, 90 on the dot. So um, someone that is probably a safe selection just to go between that 90 and 100 range, but won't really bite off more than that.
1: Yeah, Sammy Jacobs, he's approaching 30 now, mate, and uh, he's sort of... You know, stagnates around that sort of 90 mark. I think there's some, some probably some better options out there, but not a not a bad choice uh, if you're looking at someone for Ryder, and he's um, not a bad price as well. So might be a you know genuine genuine option um, for those people.
0: Yeah, definitely a uh, a player for the conservative type who doesn't want to waste another trade on their ruckman after they're getting out Ryder, expecting to put no trades into their rucks this year. Uh, and then we'll we'll move on now anyways to Du Day, who scored 86 supercoach points. Absolutely incredible. He wasn't looking great early, but definitely got amongst that late, was robbed of a mark from uh, his teammate. Uh, I think it was Maddie Crouch that robbed him, or Sloane I can't remember, but um, definitely deserved 90 because that mark should have counted. But just great to have on our field anyways.
1: Yeah, for sure. And he's probably one that you'd be looking to get in. If you didn't start him, I'd probably be looking at... Um, Getting in those those rookies early this week, um, just for the fact that there might be some stuff that comes up, you know, the week after that you've got to attend to more. So if, if there's any of these sort of rookies that have scored eighty plus that you don't have in your side, I'd I'd be thinking about bringing them in this week.
0: Yeah, and Duda does look like a no-brainer. So if he's as long as he's selected this this week, which uh, we all know he should be, uh, he's definitely someone that you could be using a corrective trade on if you haven't got him in. Someone that could definitely wait another week is Lachlan Murphy. May not be named this week, but maybe shined shined upon considering uh, the Richard Douglas ban and some other little niggly injuries that they received. But 32 Supercoach points, basement price, someone that we could be getting in, but I mean... If you've missed out on him, it's probably not that big of a deal. Yeah, and we'll jump into the next game, which is St. Kilda versus Brisbane. St. Kilda taking the chocolates in this one and a very reliable player, hopefully, for the season to come because he's in my forward line, nicely. and that's your boy Jack Billings, 133 super coach and just off the 26 disposals, kicked two goals, three, so his goal kicking may not have been fixed, but it might not matter.
1: That's it, JB. My, my man as he said uh, also had the 11 contested possessions which has helped his scoring uh, quite a bit there as well so the 18 kicks and the 8 handballs he's done well uh, JB uh, the other JB um <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, let's hope that he can uh, continue that form throughout the year because, um, yeah, I think he'll be probably one of the top scoring uh, forwards this year. If he, as you said, fixes that goal-kicking, Benny Dixon down there at the Saints, the goal-kicking coach, um, number one pet project, I think, uh, Jack Billings. So hopefully if he can start converting some of those set shots, i uh, will be uh, upping that ceiling even more, I think. So uh, exciting times down at the Saints.
0: Yeah, and that would be brilliant for those who own him like myself. I think a few people may have missed out, but obviously, there's always those upgrade targets. Hopefully, doesn't get too far out of reach in price. Now, we'll move on to Shane Savage, who gained a lot of preseason hype, especially considering his JLT, I think he averaged something like 120. Now, if you're expecting that from him, uh, you are sorely disappointed with just the 92. But I say just the 92, he is a defender, and he is looking like a very good option. He had 24 disposals. Seven of them were from Marked, kicks, and just looked like a good halfback option. I think he was even uh, attempted to be tagged, so really good signs if that was the case.
1: Yep, absolutely. He's in my backline as well. I, I jumped on board the bandwagon. For someone that uh, doesn't read a lot into pre-season form, I certainly do tend to get sucked in. But... Um, <laughs> But I, yeah, I'm liking Savage, and he had, as he said, the 24 disposals, and 18 of them were kicks. So I think the points will come. The disposals are coming, so the points will will hopefully follow suit, and Savage will uh, will find some form and and uh, and yeah, get into it for the Saints because um, he's a he's a good player, and he came across for his elite ball um, ball use um, by foot, and he, that's sort of been a bit down in in you know recent times. But he was at run at 79% this week, so you know. He's, uh, he's done done all right, and let's just um, not panic on him yet. 92 is still a good score, but um, as he said, if you were looking at him to get the 120s plus, you'd, you'd be a little bit disappointed, but again, can't complain.
0: Yeah, definitely can't complain, especially considering he's in defense. Now, uh, I've received about 29 messages from people who started Armitage at quarter time, and then they seem to go away as he only finished with 79 super coach points. Um, I think a good showing for the start of the season, he's definitely getting back into his into his groove, and I I would probably expect somewhere between an 85 and 95 average from Armo, so I wouldn't be too concerned if you started him. From the Brisbane Lions, Steph Martin, their leading scorer, someone that we'll talk about in length later on, 111 supercoach points off 19 disposals. We know that's what he does well. 10 contested possessions from a Ruckman, very very good. And I think the best thing to see is 94% time on ground. So barely took a rest and doesn't look like he's going to in the near future. We will talk about him in length later on, nicey Um another player from Brisbane Lions who is of note is Dane Zorko. So 32 SuperCoach points. I think he was sat on a bit from all reports, but definitely just looked down and out. Uh for maybe reasons we don't know, maybe sickness or something, but um, definitely very interesting from Zorkster.
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, I think he'd probably rather cop Zach Merritt's score to be honest. Dane Zorko, it's a bit of a little bit of a mystery whereas, you know, the Merritt one we've got a reason for it and we know we know uh you know why he was down. He's copped an injury and and not not played uh, you know much of the game, but Zorko uh, Zorko had 88% time on ground. So it's a little bit of a head scratcher that one and yeah, you know another one that I think we might be looking to trade early if you had him in your side. It's just such a disappointing performance, uh, and his score is going to plummet. Um, so it might be good for those that don't have him.
0: Yeah, and if he does get a tag again next week and puts out another bad score, then you might have no choice but to trade him because it's quite obvious he doesn't deal with that well. Just like Sloaney last year, and we know what holding on to players like that can do to your team. Cam Rayner was a little disappointed with just 38 Supercoach points. He got eight disposals, but I think his tank has always been an issue, uh, obviously from... I mean, the last eight months in his AFL career, (laughs) very, very short career, it's been highly documented that his tank isn't that good and he will spend a lot of time forward. I think it's a little bit much to expect him to go 60, 70 plus in his first year of football. And then we have the Tom Bell versus Alan Christensen argument, which went, uh, well... Christensen sixty six, Tom Bell sixty, so I don't think there's a real winner. I think both both sides will probably consider themselves losers after that. Yep. But um Christensen he looked okay, but I think I'd be a little bit worried if I started either of these two and maybe looking to even drop down to a rookie or, or sideways to someone like McPherson.
1: Well, absolutely, and and you talk about Rayner being a little bit disappointing. I I'd go as far as to say that's very disappointing. Um, when you're paying two hundred thousand for a rookie, and there's you know better options there for the basement prices, I'd be getting off all three of them to be honest. Uh, Christensen, I don't, I don't think he's going to average much more than the sixty-six. Um, you know, Tom Bell, arguably not in the best twenty-two. I know pistols very much, uh, very much on that one, uh, <laughs> but Reina. I've just I've never been around the uh, the sort of high priced rookies. Uh, I just think there's better options at a cheaper price, and and you can say the same for St Kilda on the other on the other hand Hunter Clark only scoring the forty points. Um, there's just there's a plethora of options at the moment, and I, I, yeah I just don't think that uh, we need to be forking out extra money than we need to be.
0: Yeah, definitely, and we all know this game is about making and saving money where you can, so those options are looking very, very shaky, but we like to give those types of players another week to prove themselves, so fingers crossed they come out with better scores next week. So we'll move on to the Port Adelaide versus Fremantle game, in which Port Adelaide gave Fremantle a bit of a smacking. Not expected by myself. I thought this one would be a lot closer. I genuinely did. I was tipping uh, less than thirty points for sure. I thought Fremantle. Well, I do think Fremantle are a very good side, have a very good list. Uh, I thought they fielded a good side as well, and and figured that'd give us a lot of trouble, especially without Robbie. But you know, it it did blow out in the end. Unfortunately for my Fremantle friend who accompanied me at the game. <laughs> Come on, JB. <laughs> so,
1: now we know we know what you want to talk about in this game. We've got your we've got your man down back. Uh, well, who, who who'd you
0: have? Well, the the best super coach option in 2018 would have to be Riley Bonner. So obviously around that 200k mark, putting out a 119, far beyond what I expected from him. 31 disposals, at six marks, one tackle, just did everything right. And what do we harp on him for nicely? His disposal efficiency, 80% disposal efficiency. Had 21 kicks. Every single time he kicked it, it just about hit a target. So, very impressive outing from young Riley, but we will need to see him back it up if we're going to want to push him into our sides. Um, Another player that was good, and I did harp on this a bit in the preseason as well, Dougal Howard, nicey. 107th super coach. Dougal. Yeah, get on Dougal. The (laughs) only ever Dougal in AFL-VFL history. So, he's breaking records left, right and centre. (laughs) <laughs> 22 one percenters in the game breaking his own record of 22 one percenters and 107 supercoach these are all true facts i know 107 i know supercoach points he's around the same price as bonner so maybe look out for both of them in the second round
1: i tell you what and he's one that bt would like as well i'd love to see bt call Dougal's name would be, be yeah
0: a spectacle <laughs> he's got he's got the height to be a bit of a character as well, dude, yeah. he? and he's um, a bit of a beanpole, just like Westy. So might might get thrown into the ruck a little bit without Big Paddy Ryder. So uh, we will weigh The new in spindle interest.
1: What was that? The new spin- spindle shanks.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely a candidate. That's for sure. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of relevancy in that Port Adelaide team. If you started with Tom Rockcliffe, then. Uh, My condolences, (laughs) (laughs) only 55 super coach, uh, looked like he was forward a lot, I wouldn't be too concerned about his role going forward because uh, with Robbie Gray coming back into the side next week he should see a lot more midfield time and then Don Barry with 44 super coach points off 22 disposals so he's quite impressive nicey.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. What's happened with uh with Don Berries? I unfor- um, unfortunately I, I uh had him as my well, I had him as my emergency, so it wasn't too bad. But uh when I had Holman and uh and Tim Kelly sitting on my bench I was a bit disappointed but uh that I couldn't loophole either of them. But um <laughs> I'd tell you the other one that I was a little bit impressed with, uh I was just uh it was on my radar he was featured in my team in the preseason for a little bit, but he's yeah, just pushed him out for a safer option. But uh Jack Watts did alright as well. Ninety seven uh super coach points, kicked three goals three. Um and twelve kicks to the eight handball. So uh yeah, just uh, just one to watch, I think, Jack Watts. My my boy. I thought he might do alright at the power and he's uh he's doing alright at the moment.
0: Yeah, well very good start in his in his power career, that's for sure. And I mean he's going to rely on goals for points, so that's quite obvious, but if Port keep doing this to teams, uh, which I'm not counting on, but if they do, then you can expect Watts to be amongst the the high points going forwards, as Dixon was last year, um, and who also put up 112 points off only one goal. So they are the type of players that if they impact the game well enough, then they're going to be bound for some good scores. Um, Obviously, just lastly, we'll talk about Patrick Ryder later on when we talk about his uh, his options that we're going to look at trading into in the Fremantle side. There wasn't a super coach ton besides big Aaron Sanderlands who scored pretty much as much as he is in meterage. And that's 104. Um, I mean, not a lot of relevancy in this one. They did get smacked. I don't expect them to do this uh, too often. Walter's 83 in a losing team. Uh, I'd I'd take that as a win for those who started him. Nat five, however, 75 points of 22 disposals. Looked like Ebert was doing a bit of a job on him, but a little disappointed we expected a lot more. Only 68% of disposal efficiency. Maybe room to improve nicely?
1: Touchwood, JB. The 75 is going to be his lowest score of the year. He will bounce back. Don't worry about it. Freo, as you said, they got pantsed, basically. Uh, they'll be back, and Nat Fife will be scoring like we know he can. Uh, next week, I'm going to... Put him in for the ton, and I tell you what—you're on the. Uh, what was it? The you'd, you pledged ten bucks uh, every time Higgins. Higgins was it? Yeah, uh, Higgins scores, scores, scores below time. 100. I'll pledge ten bucks every time Nat Five scores below 100. Hey,
0: are you going to make up this one?
1: Uh from round two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll put, no, I'll put in. I'll put in. No, that's, that's fine. fine, that's, that's,
0: fine <laughs> that's fine. No pressure. No pressure. It's a very good cause and a very good pledge. I do appreciate. It. I think Pistol's looking to do one himself, so um we're all we're all getting in obviously chizo has the donate for donuts which i expect him to cop a lot of considering his basic supercoach talent and then pistol obviously still thinking of one uh, lacks originality so um we all know how, how those lads operate now um looking into this one andrew brayshaw and bailey banfield if you had these two lads on field like i did i assume you weren't expecting the scoreline to be this bad i think these two guys will still be very good throughout the season um obviously not so much in losses so i think we've got to pick their pick their matchups very closely which i didn't do and hopefully they just bounce back but i mean i do expect them to do so now we'll jump into the next game being gold coast versus north of melbourne and what is said to be the most boring low scoring game of the season um there hasn't been many candidates for it but this one definitely <laughs> takes the cake early days um it was dominated Dominated by Jared Witz with 131 Supercoach points, have we overlooked the big witsy with 25 disposals in the wet? We definitely may have. Uh, I I think,
1: uh, as you said, yeah, uh, in the wet as well. To do to do what he did was uh, was pretty phenomenal. Had 34 hitouts, um, which you know, bonus points basically, um, and uh, the four kicks. Um, twenty sorry, twenty one kicks and four handballs. He's uh he's been really impressive and and one that not a lot of people were looking at uh, in the preseason.
0: Yeah, and he I mean he's got a season under his belt now as the sole ruckman. So obviously he didn't do that in his Collingwood years. He was constantly uh, swapping with Grundy. So we might see a bigger year from Witsy, and he could be a, a sneaky point of difference. Now, uh, Gold Coast's team doesn't have a lot more relevancy. Aaron Young scored very well, but I mean I'd expect that to be a a very high score of what he will get during the season. I mean, Gold Coast won. So I don't know how many people were expecting them to do that too often, but good from Youngy to start his career there. Well, we'll move on to North Melbourne. However, they had Todd Goldstein with 105. He did start very well then dropped off a bit, but we do look down to their most important and highly picked and highly rated player. Sean Higgins, only 96 super coach points. Nicely, what happened.
1: <laughs> Your man. Uh, not sure, mate. He's uh, he's gone at fifty-two percent disposal efficiency, which is not uh, not like Higo at all. Um, but the fourteen kicks and seven handballs wouldn't worry too much about it for for to go at fifty-two percent and still crack uh, well, almost crack the ton. Um, Higgins will be back, and and it was a you know it was a terrible day. They were they were playing in a puddle basically, um, so you can understand that. But um, yeah. I think uh, Higgins will bounce back, your man, and you won't be having to donate too much too soon, mate. I yeah. think uh, I think you'll be safe.
0: Well, I'm I'm ten dollars in already, and I think I realised. I, I it took me until about half time before I realised that Sean Higgins felt guilty for the amount of disposals he was getting and decided to share with the other team. So very good from Higo, and I think he sent out an apology to all those who captained him. I think it was somewhere near thirty percent of the competition. So bad luck to you guys. <laughs> Um, We will move on. Davies, UNIAC, only the 25 supercoach in a very, very wet format. I think we can expect a little bit better, but his scoring potential isn't too high. If I was a UNIAC owner, I would be holding him until the end of round two and just jumping on the better, uh, aware of a priced rookie that you may have missed out on in that midfield. Hopefully, he bounces back for you, but if not, then you've got the option of pretty much everyone considering he was highly priced uh, out of all those rookie midfielders. Now, Nicely, we'll jump on to the next game, and it was Hawthorne defeating Collingwood, and a game that sparked a lot of people's seasons with Tom Mitchell, 167, and James Sicily, 125. What do you think of those two lads?
1: Well, we've got to talk about Sicily, mate, because. You've been on him all pre-season. I know we've, we've had a little bit uh, of a discussion earlier, but we, we can't let you live that one down. I don't want but, to talk uh, about it. <laughs> but Tommy Mitchell with 167 supercoach points, absolute fantasy pig, the new Tom Rockliffe, uh, I think. Uh, 20 20 kicks and 34 handballs. Again, that uh, kick-to-handball ratio isn't great, but when he's raking in 167 supercoach points, <laughs> we are not going to complain at all, and we'll probably look to, uh, to back him in if Dusty gets uh sort of one the the 120 plus range next week and we've we've uh, got the VC on him uh depending on the fixture I haven't actually seen that one yet <laughs> but um uh I think uh Tommy Mitchell is just you know going to do what uh Tommy Mitchell did last year and uh if you don't have him in your side bad luck
0: yeah and I think one of the most impressive stats of everything uh, if we ignore the 54 disposals and 27 of them being contested, 92% time on ground for a midfielder that gets so much of the ball and is obviously running to space so often getting getting in great positions. I find that absolutely amazing how someone has such a huge tank that he can just run out so much of the game and get so much of the appeal nicely.
1: Well, that's it. And uh, I tell you, well... You know, it is it's a fantastic effort, and let's not take anything away from Tom. But Collingwood, uh, they didn't touch him, um, so I think uh, you know it's the second time he's he's had the 50, 50 touches against the Pies. Um, so I'm not sure if they play each other again uh, later in the season. But let's just uh, yeah keep a close eye on that one, um, and probably back him in as captain again, unless Bucks decides to to put someone on him, which should uh, be a bit too little too late. You would have thought, but um, yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Danny Fawley said it best when he advised that uh, Collingwood could lose a baby in a pram. That's how <laughs> that's how much attention they paid to Tom Hitchell. So, um, if someone's torched you for that many Super Coach points and that many disposals in your last however many outings, you'd think you'd send someone in the general direction of him. Uh, maybe put someone on the same pitch as him at all. You know, any danger of you know getting anyone near him? Just a
1: bit of body contact,
0: maybe. Anything, uh, I don't know if he was tackled for the match. Uh, nah. His clothes look cleaner than when he walked onto the pitch. So, interesting stuff from Coleman, but we won't bag him too much. I'm sure they have a lot of listeners. Um, now, James Sicily is the man we will discuss. 125 Supercoach points, 26 disposals, 17 of them. Sorry, 17 of them kicks, seven of them marks, uh, two of the tackles only gave away three kicks and received three of his own. 11 contested disposals. efficiency. I think this is a very, very high point for Sicily. Um, I don't think we expect him to sort of average anything over 105, but 125 to start the season, just absolutely astounding stuff from Sicily. And I mean, if you picked him at the start, like a lot of people did, not myself, You'd be very, very happy with that, and I'm just gonna move on because I don't want to talk about it. it's making. Me no, upset. no, that's
1: that's not a problem. And I tell you, no, I, I can't, uh, I can't hide from the fact that I I took him out of my side as well uh, with the wet weather concern. I I jumped off him, but hopefully uh, next week he comes out and smacks a few blokes around the chops and uh, scores a forty for us.
0: <laughs> that would be ideal. I I would appreciate that a lot. Um, we'll jump into the Collingwood side. A couple of their rookies were well, one was very good one was a little subpar sam murray 72 super coach off his debut game uh very very impressive young kid sam murray 12 kicks seven handballs went at 73 percent efficiency and only played 69 percent so if he can improve that a little bit eight contested possessions two three four uh, he, he was very very impressive and someone that we're going to be having on our field for much of the first half of the season and then there's Jaden Stevenson at the elevator price, only 62. Not bad for a forward score, but not great for what we're paying for him. And I think that's just about it from that one, Nicely. Not a lot of relevance in that game. So we'll move on to So we'll move on to the next game, and that is GWS versus Western Bulldogs. And we talked about pantings earlier. This was a panting. So GWS didn't look like they were going to take off for much of the game and ended up winning by 82 points. A lot of their players didn't look like they got out of second gear. This team is scary, Nicey. And if you had the triple threat like I did, that being Toby Green, Stephen Coniglio, and Josh Kelly, you would have been very impressed with their scores, 131, 129, and 116 respectively. A lot of people got in Dylan Shield after his JLT, weren't disappointed. A lot of people got in Heath Shaw after his JLT, were not disappointed and it was just Finlayson, 87. We could talk about the whole entire team and it was just incredible from top through to bottom. I don't think a lot of people expected Giles Langdon to do very well, but 47 was still good and he'll definitely hold his spot in that side considering uh, the amount of pressure. Actually, he did six tackles in the forward line is excellent. Have a chat about GWS as a whole nicey how many players can we get from this team?
1: Not enough, mate. If uh, if the the buys weren't uh, weren't a factor coming up, we could, as you say, nearly rock the whole side. Um, you could argue the same for a, for a few of the sides at the moment. But um, Toby Green, the uh, the top player that a lot of people would have in their forward line, I jumped off him last minute. Oh yeah. No. Um, decided to bring in uh, a double. I just with the rookies, the structure of my side was looking a bit uh, bit lopsided, and I just decided to try and bring in a few more um, sort of seasoned players. I brought in uh, another man for the west. Bulldogs, uh, Luke Dalhouse for Toby Green as well as Christian Petrucca. Um, so yeah, not a not a well not a bad move, but not uh, one that I probably yeah in hindsight regret. But um, yeah, um, Stephen <laughs> no, Kungliyo, yeah it could work out. Exactly, the maths the maths works. Um, Stephen Caniglio uh, was good with 129 SuperCoach points, one that everyone will be rocking at that sort of mid-price range. 21 kicks, 11 handballs, uh, and the two goals importantly was uh, was a good return for him. Uh, and Josh Kelly um, was the other one that I uh, you know impressed impressed me. Um, no surprises there really. 12 kicks and 17 handballs again, another two goals. Uh, 116. He looks like he will continue his form from last year, which is uh, good to see.
0: Yeah, and he's in the elite category and, and won't slow down, I wouldn't expect, especially considering we could expect GWS to do this to uh, many more teams, uh, considering their pure talent on their list. Now we'll look over at the Western Bulldogs. McCrae, an interesting point of difference, 120 supercoach, very well played from him. Toby McLean, another point of difference, 91 for himself, 85% efficiency, helped that out a lot. Uh, a lot of clearances, eight, and a lot of contested possessions, eleven. So his super coach to dream team ratio was very high. And then Dowhouse, eighty-eight. Those two players uh, I just mentioned will be receiving more midfield time as a result of the unfortunate injury to Tom Libertore. So good for owners of those two. And then you look down the list a bit and you see Big Timmy English, eighty-three super coach points was very, 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 very good on debut. Oh, wait, no, no, he's played before. He was very good <laughs> on the, in his second or third match. Um, <clears throat> close, but no cigar there. Nice, yeah. i got to do close, more close. research. Um, debut for the season, at least, <laughs> even though it was everyone's. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll, redeem my, I'll redeem myself. 83 Supergarden points. If you missed that on him, he looks like a very, very good gem.
1: He does. Good, uh, good little bench option there um, that... Uh... You know, you might be might be wanting to have a look at, but um, yeah, the 83 SuperCoach points and 12 hitouts. Um, just just be careful with Tim English. I'm not sure that scoring will continue. Um, he's obviously a bit of a, a second second ruckman, so just see how he goes with uh, with Jordan Ruffhead and Jackson Trengove there in that side as well. Um, but yeah, good good return, and you you would be uh, would be happy if you had him there uh, on your bench or on or even on the field.
0: Yeah, and one to watch for round two as well, if he we did miss out. I wouldn't be trading him in this early. Bonzapelli was disappointing with 63 supercoach points. We expect him to bounce back. I wouldn't be too concerned. Aaron Norton with just the 25. We'll talk about what to do with your underperforming rookies a little later on. So we will jump to the Demons versus Cats game. And this one was very, very tightly contested. Max Gorn had a chance to win this one after, at, right before the siren. 139 Supercoach points from Big Maxi, though. We can't really complain. And his partner in crime, 123 from Clayton Oliver. Very, very impressive. And then we could go down one more, Petrarca, the 95. So if you started with any of those three, then you just got a massive tick in your book.
1: Well, I think so. And, and like I said, I did start with uh, start with Petrarca. And um, I, he was one that hadn't even come into my consideration uh, until the Viney uh, and Tom McDonald injuries sort of popped up, and I hoped that he'd be spending a little bit time, in, uh, a little bit more time in the midfield uh, because of that. And he seemed to a little bit, but he he still looked good up 40. Had the um, the one goal, three behinds should have kicked, uh, should have converted a few more of those. There were some pretty easy shots um, that would have taken him up over the hundred mark. Um, but yeah, Petrarca, good option. Clayton Oliver, no surprises again. Looks like uh, like as. We were talking about with Josh Kelly. Just looks like he'll continue on from last year. And uh, big beanpole, Maxi Gorn. Uh, 139 supercoach points. It's uh, He's off the durries, and he's he's slimmed down a little bit. So um, <laughs> And he's yeah. definitely
0: locked into everyone's side. Yeah,
1: he's absolutely the number one ruckman of the competition.
0: Yeah, definitely. Very well said. And uh, Hibbert was a little bit disappointed, but he stormed home very well for them. I think we can expect that second half to be more of the norm for Hibbert. He took a little bit to warm into it. And then someone like Bailey Fritz, who scored pretty much exactly what you would have predicted him to do. And that was the 60 on the dot. So, in fact, if I had a prediction for Bailey Fritz, it would have been 60 on the dot. So, he started very well, uh, got himself amongst the goals very early. Hopefully, he can hit the score a little bit more. But it was good to see him score 60 with only the one goal. So, we'll move on to Geelong. Um, Tim Kelly was just on another level. And I think we actually need to have a little bit of a chat about him nicely.
1: Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, as I said earlier, he's one that uh, sat on my bench and didn't even wasn't even granted the uh, the rank of emergency, um, which I am was spewing about. Obviously, with him and Holman <laughs> uh, sitting on my bench, not scoring. But um, yeah, Tim Kelly really really impressive on debut. Didn't look out of sorts at all. Um, had the ten kicks and seventeen handballs. His pressure acts were really good. Kicked the one goal. Um, Thirteen contested possessions and ninety one percent time on ground, which was just fantastic to see from the mature age recruit. Um, along with uh he and uh a few of the other boys, the older older boys Sam Murray, for example from Collingwood, they're just uh they're doing doing us proud, the uh the mature age recruits and they're the ones that uh at that low price to get around, I think, rather than the uh the higher draft picks, um, look to Tim Kelly to just uh just find that you know, park park in that midfield eight spot permanently for the rest of the year, I think, nearly. Yeah,
0: and well, I I mean maybe not park there but He'll definitely be a good bench option, and he'll make us a lot of money. Uh, Someone that looks like he'll make some serious money is Fogarty, which a lot of people weren't really expecting to go well. 82 supercoach points is a very good return for him. I wonder if he will be one to calm down when danger returns. Gary Ablett Jr., 93% time on ground, so definitely no injury concerns for him. 116 supercoach points in his typical 39 disposal, 5-mark tackle, goal, contested possession, beast game. And then sell with the one twenty-five. So it'll be interesting to see who steps down of those few that we've mentioned uh once danger returns. Men of Goal are a little bit disappointing in people's forward lines with 74 supercoach points, but very good for those looking to pick up a, a cheap premium in a few weeks time or a few bunch a couple of bunch of weeks, so um, yeah, just a
1: little bit underdone I think Menagoli. We came into the yeah. game with a, with an injury injury concern. I think was it a calf that was uh, was the issue. There was something that he uh, fitness test that he had to pass pre-game. So yeah. I think that turned a lot of people off. Um, and that's fair enough as well. Um, yeah, I exactly think look right. look for him to improve. I think it's probably going to be Mitch Duncan is the one that uh, probably goes down a little bit when um, when uh, Garrett, um, sorry, Patrick Dangerfield comes back into the side. Uh, and in fact with that with that midfield and uh, if Duncan's not getting the midfield minutes, I can sort of see him jumping on a GWS or one of those um, one of those bandwagons in the in the near future. Just got to be very Ooh. careful, Geelong, how they uh, how they approach this uh, this stacked midfield situation, because I think Early there might be a lot of yeah, nicely. I think Wow-y. so. Just let's we'll write that one down and keep it uh, yeah, keep it close. <laughs> But uh, uh yeah, it that, doesn't happen in which case yeah, they well, bring this, it up to us again. That, yeah, that well that's it. But just uh, it'd be very interesting to see in all seriousness how this Geelong midfield does function um yeah, for as sure. a unit. Yeah.
0: Yep, and now we'll move on to the last game of the round, which was West Coast losing to Sydney. Uh the big talking point was Nat Nui 113 supercoach coach points off 54% time on the ground. We'll discuss him in just a moment. Otherwise for West Coast Elliot Yo, 109 supercoach points, uh picked up where he left off last year and looking like a very good premium option jack redden very disappointing with 65 so uh, maybe maybe one of those pre-season bolters uh then not being able to back it up very disappointing for those who started him but they've got another week to to really make that decision before he moves in price and then we've got some of the rookies ryan and Venable scoring around that 30 40 mark which we expected Sydney Swans, I'll let you have a couple of words here, and I see we're on a bit of a tight schedule now. Maybe just keep it to 13 words or less on Buddy Franklin.
1: Well, I was going to give you three words, mate, and they were going to be Lance, Buddy, Franklin. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, fantastic game. Eight goals and one behind. Obviously going to get you a big score. Um, Had the 17 kicks and four handballs. But um, yeah, Buddy, it just looks like an unstoppable force at the moment. And he proved it in the JLT. Um, He was one that I actually um, traded Heaney out for. Um, Wasn't impressed with his preseason form. So jumped on Lance Franklin um, and he paid dividends. And sorry, that was more than 13 words.
0: (laughs) Definitely more, but I think it was worth it. Now, uh, you gained 70 points from that trade, but I wouldn't be too concerned if I was a Heaney owner because he looked very good with the 26. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Should have got 120 plus, but had a very quiet last term. Luke Parker, if you started with him uh, and risked it with his dodgy buy, 149 super coach, absolutely exceptional work from him. Looks like he's back to his absolute best. And then Jakey Lloyd as well, 119, and that's just the, the Sydney way. They've got four or five players that could all turn up quite easily every game and four or five options that we might end up with all of them in our Supercoach team. So, astounding work from them and those players. I mean, Luke Parker's ceiling is looking like it's back to its best. So, I think he's the one that excites me the most out of that that quartet there. So, what we're going to do now at Nice is we're going to move on and discuss some of the real big discussion points. Uh, We'll try and smash them out fairly quickly because we're on a, a short schedule here. So, uh, first of all, Paddy Ryder, I just want you in. We'll, we'll narrow this one. We'll put this one up a bit. In 30 words or less, I want to hear your best option for Paddy.
1: Paddy, uh, either I would be going, having a look at either Nankervis, um, 488, you've got that extra cash um, to spend. Um, once you do that trade, so Nank looking solid, otherwise Nick Nat I think is fantastic, the only concern with Nick Nat is I think he's not 100% right, as he said only the 50 was it 54% game time yep. Um. he's obviously not 100% right but i tell you what, 113 super coach points uh, in that time just shows you what he can do
0: yeah and in the limited game time I don't think West Coast will be letting up with that limited game time anytime soon which is what concerns me, if he doesn't be completely 100% dominant in the next four weeks, he may have some scores sub-100, and that's where I'm looking for someone like Stefan Martin to really put the, the distance between him and Nat Nui. So in these next four rounds, it could be the decider as to who will be the, the second or third best ruckman. And I'm I'm counting on Stefan to just keep on getting around that 100, 110 mark, whilst Nat Nui might put out a couple of 80s uh, while he really gets his body right, which is... Nothing wrong with Nat Nui, I think he's an excellent player and an excellent pick, but I think there's also that element of risk with his, his knees, uh, potential rest. I know I don't want to spend a third trade or a or yeah a second trade on my ruck after already uh, getting Ryder out, which I wasn't expecting in the first place. So I think Stefan's my number one option. I'm willing to spend big on him because I was willing to spend big on Ryder. If you're really risky, then go with Nick Nat, I think, because, I mean, as I just discussed, he's a risk for injury and a risk for low time on ground. And then if you're feeling a little bit point of difference then Nankovic, I think, is also an excellent pick uh, if he does what he did last year with a, a slightly better end to the season. So, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, we will talk about Liberatore next. So, if you started with Liber, who would be your, your go-to uh, replacement option, I see.
1: Well, obviously, JB, depends how much cash you've got in the bank. Liberatore, 434000 Um... It's it's hard. Every everybody's going to be different. I think obviously the obvious one is if you didn't have Caniglio, I think get on board him. He's obviously got quite a high ownership rating at the moment in twenty four percent of teams. So not uh, not too many. Um, as sorry, not as much as I not as much as I thought would be. Um, I think he's the obvious choice. Um, otherwise. It depends on your structure, but maybe maybe even like a David Armitage if you need the extra cash. I think the 79 that Armitage pumped out this week is not disappointing, and, and hopefully um, he continues to rise and makes a bit of cash as well.
0: Yeah, and I think Armitage is the most obvious if you don't have the money to go up to Coniglio. Um, personally, I wouldn't mind looking at making a bit of money, especially if you missed out on Dangerfield and you want to get him in as soon as possible on getting in someone like Jack Graham so obviously scored the 100 looks like he he has the potential to hover around that 80 average and will make you some very fast cash otherwise just just look at who you've probably missed out and I think Caniglia will be a very popular trade and if you could make somebody else maybe you're stuck with both Ryder and Liber so if you can go Ryder down to someone like Nankavis and then Liberatore up to or, or even higher up to Crips, then at, like you could do a multitude of things. So it's, it can be very player-specific. Maybe if you've got some questions as to what to do with liver, flick us an inbox or uh, send us an email, obviously, at drscpod at gmail.com. So um, there's definitely some options there for you. If you did start with a player that, that started averagely as a bit of a mid-price punt nicely, I think we should really just focus on on our rookies early days and those mid prices uh, we're just letting them back up their poor scores or good scores in that second round and go from there I don't think we should be too reactive based on on one round's worth of information and then speaking of those rookies if you started someone like Norton and missed someone like Murray for for example sakes should we wait that extra week do you think Nicey?
1: Again it depends on your situation depends on your plan for the year I think that um, as you said, the rookies are the ones that you want to be bringing in. I think um, players like Tim Kelly, for some reason you didn't start Tim Kelly, Nick Holman, uh, Dodie, Murray, any of those, Finlayson, any of those sort of players um, that scored well, I think you'd be looking, you'd be more inclined to bring them in this week um, because they're sort of, their spots are pretty much safe for, for at least a couple of rounds, uh, you'd imagine. Um and then look to the bigger issues next week. So, if you're looking at bringing in Dangerfield, if you're looking at if Cruiser doesn't get up and there's further injury concern for him, if Merritt doesn't get up, there might just be some little extra concerns later. So, my only advice is, if there's any doubt in your team as to what to do over the next couple of weeks, get the early trades out of the way now. Um, and while you know, while you're not playing people in your leagues, obviously, if you're playing for overall ranking, you need to make a move now. Um, but always good to hold off in, on your trades when you can. But like I said, if you don't have any of those sort of guaranteed rookies that appear to be safe, um, potentially look at doing bringing them in now.
0: Yeah, if you started someone, especially one that's getting a donut, and you have Murray running around getting 70 points for everyone else, Finlayson uh, another one, and you Tim Kelly's in that, you've missed out on these players, then I wouldn't begrudge a trade out after teams are released but I'd probably try and say if you've already got all starting rookies as playing and you've missed maybe one, I'd let it go for just one more week and um, a trade is more valuable than that. Your player could get injured, could score poorly, could get dropped the week after. There's a lot of water that could go under the bridge, so save as much as possible, but worst case scenario, if you've missed someone and you've got somebody that's just getting a donut like Keith, for example, from GWS, then a, a corrective trade could be the way to go. Now, that will pretty much wrap us up. I'd just like to shout out a couple of people that donated to the Cancer Council, uh, starting with Joe. Joe Rossetti uh, gave $50, uh, just advising good work, guys. So thank you very much for the donation, Joe. Appreciate your work, and uh, make sure you email us your team for a team review. And then Dan Sorrell gave $50. Also, keep up the great work, lads, with the supercoach assistance and especially Raising Money to Fight Cancer, Thank you for years of usually great advice. Oh, one I wonder what he's alluding to there. Probably something that pistols advised them.
1: <laughs>
0: and then a special mention goes out to JB for helping me out. Oh, I got a special mention. Um, Sorel, uh, Den messages us quite a bit on the page and, and we had a bit of a, a chat about his team. So make sure you do the same and we're definitely willing and wanting to talk about your team and discuss your options uh, for the upcoming week. So that'll pretty much wrap us up nicely. Make sure you catch us on iTunes, leave a review. Um, Much appreciated. If you email the podcast uh, with drscpod at gmail.com after you've given a review on iTunes, we'll happily review you in return, uh, review your team if you like. And then obviously leave a comment on the Facebook, on the SoundCloud, on any social media platform you can find and we will track down that comment and respond. So um appreciate all the listens and thank you very much for joining me nicey. Would you like to plug your Twitter?
1: Um not the not the Twitter just cuz it's my I've only got my um personal one. But yeah yeah just yeah. I'll say goodbye. <laughs> I guess I don't know do I need to? Cheers <laughs> JB. Thanks mate. Thanks for having us.